Hello, folks. It's me, Ryan Lichten, and today we have a special edition of Culture Dumps. You know us. We like to do these little special special bonus episodes uh, where we have a, a guest on, and today's guest is a great one. You guys are going to really, really enjoy this, uh, especially if, you know for the true dumpers out there. We have Jeff Nucera on. Now, Jeff, uh, we, we brought him here under the, the pretense of Talking about his new project that he's working on, Show Gals, which is going to be a documentary about the world's only Weird Al Yankovic burlesque troupe. Now, uh, not that Weird Al is in it, <laughs> but it's a burlesque troupe that performs to the songs of Weird Al. But Jeff has also had this long and bountiful career in the world of reality television which you know us here at Culture Dumps just fucking love too much. And that includes such staples as the Osbournes and the Girls Next Door um, and, and amongst several others. So buckle up. This is my interview with Jeff Nussera. All right, folks, here it is. I'm sitting here with Jeff Nussera. Now, you came to us by way of Eddie Schmidt, a former guest of the show. I did. And you have a new project that you're working on. Congratulations on meeting your goal, by the way. Thank you very much. It was terrifying. Yeah. Right yeah. up until the last minute, basically. That's probably the heftiest Kickstarter goal I've ever seen, and you, <laughs> you nailed it. Yeah. Um, Surprising but... us all. Do you know how to make a documentary by chance? Yeah. <laughs> no, but I've seen a lot. Uh, I've seen tons of them, so I know how to review one. Great. Um but let's let's just get into it. What was the Kickstarter for? The Kickstarter was for my documentary called Show Gals, which is the story of Tight and Nerdy, the world's first uh, the world's first burlesque troupe dedicated to the music of Weird Al Yankovic. Right. And how did you discover that group? I went to their show here in LA after a friend of ours uh, sort of begged me to go see it. Because she was, uh, she's in England. Her name is Ludovica, and she was like, "You have to go see this show. You have to go see it and review it." Because no one else is gonna go. And I was like, "All right, <laughs> Weird Al and Burlesque, I'm in." Right. And uh, just fell in love with the performers and the idea of it, and it was just wild and bananas and so good. Yeah, and you know, I feel like with uh, burlesque, there's a, a very big kind of collision with nerdy stuff. Not that Weird Al is necessarily nerdy stuff, but you know what I mean? There's like the Star Wars burlesque, and there's yes. this and that and, and the other. I mean, is, is there some, I mean, obviously besides the Weird Al aspect, but is there anything in their performances that you would say sets them apart from kind of the other niche burlesque troops? They are, I mean, they are the queens of nerdlesque, as I like to say. They are just... <laughs> Uh, they are they are hardcore Weird Al fans. I mean, there were references thrown in that were for no one, maybe except for me, uh, right? And I really appreciated it, right? And I mean, you've been involved with Weird Al adjacent stuff for and directly for a long time. Yes. When did that all start? When did you become a fan? And further? I was. I mean, I was a fan since childhood. My older brothers used to listen to the Dr. Demento show. And I remember another one, Rides the Bus, being sort of blared throughout our household when I was a little kid. Uh, and then, you know, Eat It came out and I was like, oh my God, that's great. And then uh, I think my first record I bought was even worse in 1988. So I sort of, you know, I've been a fan kind of my whole life. Yeah. 
And then uh, just through the fandom, I was sort of, you know, uh, uh, Al's drummer, John Bermuda Schwartz, reached out to me uh, in the mid-90s during the, the early days of the internet, thinking I was someone else. <laughs> Who and did you think you were? I don't know. Uh, doesn't matter because I recognized his name and I was like, well... Whatever never, you need. Never leaving you alone again. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so I've uh, been harassing him ever since. Uh, and when I moved to L.A. in the late 90s, uh, a couple years after that, they reached out to me to see if I would be interested in sorting Al's fan mail because uh, they knew who I was and I was a big fan and sort of had met Al a few times before then. And What goes into sorting? I mean, did you have, did you respond to any or were you just go like... I mean, Al responds to his his letters. Back then, it was... Uh, it was before they had done online ordering for merch. So people would fill out order forms and send in checks. Okay. And I had to go through that stuff like once a week and sort of figure out what was just a letter to Al looking for an autograph or what was, uh, you know, I needed to go fax this order somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I just the, the, the hitting the pavement style yeah. but fan mail. I mean, it, it it's funny when I think about fan mail. I mean, you don't, it's not really something that people do so much anymore. You know, now it's mostly commenting on yes. people's accounts yes. and things like that. Can Slash you hating? Yeah. So, <laughs> of course. It's so easy. Yeah. <laughs> it's so easy to do. But uh, can you remember like any particularly like weird pun intended fan mail that he would get? One of my favorite things that he'd ever gotten was uh, someone literally just wrote a letter on the bottom of a shoe and put a stamp on the heel of the shoe and just mailed it. No envelope, no and package it or anything. Yeah, it got to us. Like... You can barely bring shoes on an airplane now. <laughs> and they put one through the mail yeah. with a stamp on it. Yeah, and it was just, I mean, it was literally just the bottom of the shoe. The rest of the shoe had already been gone. Oh. And they just they just wrote on the bottom of this dress shoe. Wow. And it was great. Yeah. That... <laughs> Weird. Yeah. So uh, when kind of when did the idea kind of spark you to make a full-fledged documentary about this this troupe the leader of the troupe pickles Kentaro, uh reached out to me after i'd seen the show a couple of times and she was you know she facebook messaged me and said hey do you, do you think there's a, a a documentary here and in my experience when someone says they'd be a great subject for a, a film or a doc i'm always like no no right <laughs> uh, but you know i talked to her and i talked to the other performers in her troupe and i was like oh god there really is something here that's not just about weird al or burlesque or about them even specifically it's sort of this broader tale of finding yourself and, and accepting that which makes you weird yeah uh, and finding your people yeah I, I love that and i mean it, it's also interesting because you know like i said there's like star wars burlesque and things like that but weird al you know he does parody songs so to perform <laughs> like in, in a way burlesque almost is a parody of the the subjects that they're themed off of yes. you know because it's like it's good like a sexy r2d2 you know i yes. keep going back to the star wars one because that's like the biggest one yeah I, I the know. empire strips back it's it, pretty great it, it, exactly so i mean are you seeing like what kind of creative takes are they taking in performing these songs like what what are some of the songs that they choose they a lot of al's parodies are obviously uh uh represented like amish paradise and eat it which uh features mistress marla spanks dressed up as a sexy lunch lady all right um, <laughs> uh and, and but like they also do some of his originals like there's uh uh pickles Kentaro does a a, a performance to cnr which is al's tribute to charles nelson riley and i can 
confidently say that no one else is stripping uh, as Charles S. O'Reilly, <laughs> probably. Think, I, yeah, <laughs> I, I, I think that's a pretty safe bet. Uh, they, and it's, it's interesting because Al's known as a sort of family-friendly entity. Like, he doesn't swear in his music. There's not a lot of, like, overt sexuality in his songs. So these women uh, and these performers are, you know, taking it to that next level where it's it's just unclear on, you know... Yeah. Well, that's also kind of an interesting aspect to me is like Weird Al is not the first thing that comes to mind when I think of like sexy music. Right. You know, so it's interesting that now would you would you say that there still is kind of like this sexy element to their or or is it is it just for laughs? It's sexy laughs. I mean, they are they are uh these people are are wonderful uh inside and out i mean but but it's you know it's sexy and it's funny and that's not easy to pull off but they by god they're doing it right <laughs> yeah and maybe we'll finally get you know the sexual recognition that weird al deserves <laughs> i mean <laughs> i mean he is hot yeah there you've, it, you've it, seen weird right it, oh yeah oh <laughs> god yeah what do you think of that i thought it was fantastic i mean it was it's my favorite yeah. like i loved it so much daniel radcliffe as ripped Weird Al is my favorite. Yeah, it's it's interesting. I mean, it's also fascinating that Weird Al has, you know, I mean, he had his own show, and then there's UHF, and then and now there's Weird. Uh, were you were you a part of UHF at all in, in any way? Were you like just in that uh, I was a fan? I was. 13 when it came out okay so. yeah for, for some I, I, for some reason i remember seeing something in your bio but maybe it was just like that they, you liked it they call me they call me uh jeff oh Is okay. that it? <laughs> that's probably it <laughs> i think i think that's where the crossover went yeah it, it's so funny like that you're a lifer but weird al really is one of those artists that has like the lifelong dedication and i i've never met anyone that's like i hate that like no. i hate i hate weird Al. who hates weird al yeah it's weird like yeah. i i would like think I would be very suspicious. Yeah. If and I am suspicious. Yeah. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? Um, so now with, with that, like, what's the next step? You know, now, now that you've gotten some funding together and, and obviously you have a, a willing team, you know, of uh, subjects <laughs> that are going to be in this. How, how does one go about starting this? Well, we've already started. We've actually, uh, we've shot probably 98% of the film. Oh, wow. Uh, and my producing partner, Jonathan and I sort of, got to the point where we have done everything that we can do on our own by ourselves uh so now we are hiring editors and story producers and composers and that kind of thing awesome well you know i don't want to ask too much more about it just because it's not made yet so i know there's no takeaway but like (laughs) just for when it does come out what would what do you want people going into it with in their heads and what would you like them to take away I would love for people to sort of go in thinking, well, this is going to be super stupid, probably. Uh, (laughs) And and, yeah, exactly. And then to leave with uh, like a warm message of acceptance and body positivity and and, you know, hot dogs. Right, <laughs> you know, uh, you know. Actually, I have a I have a hot dog question for you. Uh, oh, great! A, a, I can't a little wait. Bit, a little bit, a little bit later. Um, Stay tuned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For for, for more hot dog talk. Uh, so, I have you here. Yes, you're, you're. It's it's very rare for us to actually be in the same room with the people. Even me and my co-host were never in the same room. So I have you trapped. So oh God! I'm going. Yeah. Wait, where is your co-host? Yeah. Oh no! <laughs> Come on out now. No. Um. So you know, going through your your long 
career of amazing pop culture stuff. Like, it's very kind of you to phrase it that way, but go ahead. <laughs> uh, well, in the culture dumps world, I mean, the things that you've done are treasures. Yes. Uh, Flushable it, treasures. Yeah, exactly. We, yeah, you eat it up, we dump it out. That, that's what we like to say here. So going back to one of the first things I, I want to talk to you about, the Osbournes. Yes. Okay. Now, it, when did you get involved with that show? And like, just kind of set me up with, with that. Okay. I was a, uh, I was the executive producer's assistant on season one of the Osbournes. This guy named Jeff Stilson, who is a stand-up comic and very brilliant writer producer. And he, and he and I had just worked on the Wayne Brady primetime variety show, which <laughs> How'd that I, go? I'm sure everyone remembers. It was a big hit. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, he uh stilson called me up and said hey I'm, I'm doing this thing and do you want to come work on it and you can quit if if you get a real job basically and he was like you don't even have to tell me if you leave just stop showing up i'll figure it out like, yeah he's that guy <laughs> and so i went and uh you know i was the assistant for oh, his assistant for a while and then uh post-production took a bit longer than they had anticipated i mean they were you know uh, they, they were just kind of in there shooting. There was no real plan, I don't think. And, um, you know, he was like, hey, someone needs to go and finish producing this episode. Can you go do it? And I was like, oh, yeah, I'll do, I'll do that. Uh, so yeah. I started working in post-production on so, the Christmas episode. Oh, wow. Yes. And who could forget? Uh-huh. Um, Again, I, I mean, hit. but no, and not even like in an ironic way. I mean, the Osbournes be, is still considered to be one of the most iconic television shows ever. Was there any inkling that you guys were changing the landscape of television for the rest of time? Not at all. No, we were just a bunch of people in a filthy office just being like what what is this what are we doing yeah <laughs> reality sitcom what yeah i mean it, it hadn't been done before there's competition shows i mean and we've done a whole long you know history of reality tv it kind of starts in the 70s with like american family mm-hmm. and, and all that stuff but this is i mean this is such a twisted version yeah of that when, when you were getting some of the footage back like when you guys first started i mean what were the thoughts like what did like did it seem like you even had a show yeah at the beginning it was sort of like fa- i mean it was just fascinating because it was ozzy osbourne at home with his family just like watching TV. Yeah. We're watching Ozzy watch TV. And there was something very compelling about him just being mad at that remote control. If you remember. Like, oh, absolutely. Just figure, I mean, it was just like, he's this everyday guy, but he's this icon and you, and you don't sort of really know what to do with that. Yeah. Um, and the reason Jeff Stilson, I think was brought in is because he was a comedy guy and they wanted a, a sitcom style show. And he brought that aesthetic to it. Uh, and I and I think it was it was a brilliantly executed show, whether I worked on it or not. Yeah, I mean, it, maybe it, maybe almost in spite of me working on it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it it's funny because yeah, I mean, I'm just picturing you know and I've watched so many things about like the the behind the scenes and and all that stuff, and it just seemed like okay, just run the cameras and we'll put this together later. I mean, when you were in the room, you know, super like overwatching all of this being put together. I mean, like how difficult was it to create an episode out of these hours and hours of footage? I mean, it was. At the time we had, because I I had done three of the five seasons, I think. Uh, And at the time we were watching footage on VHS tapes, just typing out notes. Uh, We had loggers that that sort of gave us, you know, the overview of what what were on those tapes. But 
you know, we were, we were just sort of winging it like, oh, this, this thing happened two months ago and it might be a funny button to this thing that happened like yesterday, you know? Yeah. And, and it's sort of like, it's this, you know, thousand piece puzzle with, with 800 million extra pieces and you just have to sort of figure out how they fit together. That that's fascinating. Cause yeah, it's like, it's their everyday life, but not everything happens all, all at once. And I feel like the Osborns really did kind of set that stage. Cause then right after that, you had Anna Nicole, uh, I, yeah. I, I believe was the next one to come out. And I mean, not since the Osborns really have you seen a reality show where the person was already a megastar before. Yeah. You know, so I feel like it's a, it's a different monster. I know like Gene Simmons had family sure. jewels, but that was such like a pull at wanting to have. Yeah. Like, and it was guy. very, you can tell that stuff was, you know, very scripted. Totally. Especially at the time. I mean, you just sort of, you, there was this thing about the Osborns specifically that was like, you're just watching these people be, themselves and these conversations that no one's writing like it's just it's just funny it's just weird funny yeah was, was there any times where you guys kind of had to set something up in order to get a payoff or was it just capture what you can and it was put capture together? what you can especially on that show as far as i know i mean again i worked in post mostly so i wasn't really out in the field that much on that one but i don't remember us thinking well we don't have a beginning of this story uh, that that couldn't have been sort of just dealt with with a a quickie interview, you know? Right. Um, yeah, that's the other thing. I, I I can't remember if on the first season. I don't think on the first season they had it. But were there like the vignette like interviews, like the confessionals type thing? Not really. And part of that is because we were there so. Much. I mean, we were there for sixteen hours a day sometimes, just filming for months on end. And I, I like they just they didn't need a lot of exposition because they just, we were just there. Right. Um, and so, so, you know, for, for better or for worse, there was, you know, we were just there all the time. It was, it was more like a documentary, I think, than most reality shows. I think so. And I mean, because the format, but like hadn't been established yet, you know, yeah. it was kind of like this unknown thing. Now, speaking of unknown, I mean, it was long enough now to where I, I'm just going to freely ask this. I mean, were there any moments caught on camera that like you guys were like, this is going in and they were like, absolutely not. <sighs> No, not that I remember. I, I do know that there was footage. I don't know if you remember, uh, sort of towards the end of the run, Ozzy got into a pretty bad ATV right. accident. Uh, there, my understanding, why well, I've not seen it, but my understanding was there was footage of that. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, like them running up to him after he had uh, flipped over. Uh, we had never seen it. It obviously didn't make air, but it, but we showed you know, the, the crew running up to him. Right. Uh, we didn't obviously want to show him all mangled. Yeah. Yeah. Who wants that to was see that? <laughs> but I mean, well, and then, I mean, right after that, what Sharon got, got sick. And Sharon so then got there cancer. was cancer. Yeah. I mean, you know, they, they were in it for everything. I mean, Ozzy's addiction issues were very present in season one. Uh, he had fallen. He was sober when we started. I think he fell off the wagon. Um, maybe midway through. Do you think it had anything to do with like this new stress of having cameras around all the time? I mean, I can't imagine it didn't. Yeah. Uh, but also he's an addict. So, sure. you know, yeah. uh, season two, I remember and this stuff aired, but like he was really a mess. Uh, Cause Sharon had just gotten word that, that she had cancer and he was just drinking a ton and, and on a bunch of pills. He had this doctor that was just giving him a, 
billion pills a day and he was a zombie yeah and it was on the show like it yeah just, I, like he was drooling at some point i remember seeing that and i mean like obviously like everyone had an impression of him and stuff and it became like this goofy thing and i remember i mean i was so young when it came out but like the general consensus i feel like for the public that didn't really know what was going on which was most of us yeah was that he was just fried and he yeah. was like forever like that yeah but he wasn't you know right. he, he was fucked up yeah you know and when he was sober he was great Right. I mean, he was just I mean, if you see him perform, and, it's like yeah. it's like someone hits a light switch. Yeah. You know, it's it's totally night and day from him mosing about the house. Now, did him like getting all messed up like that? Did that affect filming at all? Or was or were you just filming around whatever problem? Filming it. I mean, it bummed us out. Right. For sure. <laughs> like right. the 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 uh, drug addled Ozzy was not nearly as as uh, warm and fuzzy as the just, you know, generic dad. Ozzy. Right, because I, I think it was what, like second season is when he built his little man cave. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and that's where he would disappear from. Yeah. And it's funny because like clips from that show go viral every like right now on TikTok, like the like, who stole my beers? And, and Sharon, oh, right. you're the beer thief. Oh my God, right. Like that's, that's like a huge And he's thing. just like yeah <laughs> yeah i used to work with a guy that would do that we, we, we called him fish brain because like, we just assumed that his inside of his brain looked like a fishbowl like just like yeah, sloshing around with one sure. little goldfish brain yeah. like swimming around um i know that the the kids too they got into their own substance abuse problems but they yeah. were so young that none of that stuff was ever shown like were you or was the crew aware that they were doing all this kind of clandestine shit oh yeah i mean jack yeah. was hanging out with uh uh, at, at Courtney Love's house. Oh, geez. N nothing yeah. good ever is coming out of Courtney Love's house. Right. <laughs> like, <not laughs> yeah. Ever. Unless you work for the Inquirer. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, you know, they, they, uh, you know, it, their, their school attendance was not, uh, I think it was, I think they just both dropped out of school while we were shooting, which was yeah. also they did not okay, great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They did great. I mean, they, I, I you know, in a, in a weird way, uh, I think being under that microscope maybe helped in the long run. Uh, you know, Jack certainly is a, you know, he's a, like a rock star producer now and just, just yeah. is Yeah, his new show successful. with Ozzy is great. Like, yeah, yeah he's around. great. And I mean, Kelly, of can she? I mean, yeah, the whole family, they became, they went from rock and roll family to television personalities, yeah. you know? I mean, with the exception of Ozzy, but he was already the Prince of Darkness, yeah. you know? So he didn't need to do any of that. And that was great because the Prince of fucking Darkness, you know, just toddling around his house. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it's, 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 it's just killer. You don't, you can't, you can't make that anymore. Like, it's just, right. the, the surprise is gone. Yeah, it's it's like the Osbournes were kind of the first Kardashians. Yeah, <laughs> and it's like they couldn't be further <laughs> from each other. Right, uh, which which is hilarious. Now, the other uh, big one here. I mean, you you've done so many cool things. Like like I think what before that was when you worked on Newlyweds with Nick and Jessica. Uh, we did Newlyweds Nick and Jessica after the ah, Osbournes. Oh, okay. Yeah. Now Newlyweds it, it doesn't have the uh, lasting impression like on pop culture that the Osbournes did, but. At in the time, Culture Dumps world, yeah, it's amazing. I have it on DVD right now. I love that show so much. Yeah, at the it, time is it, it was chicken or is it fish? Like, I mean, that was literally the day that we figured out that we had a show. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. I, I, like, yeah, can you run me into how you got started with that and how how that show kind of came about? Yeah, it was sort of it was the same team as the Osbournes. Basically, we all sort of just moved over to this uh, this new one. And I remember s sitting with the MTV exec uh, Greg Johnston, who was like. 
if we can get six episodes out of this, we're golden. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and it, I think it went on for 40 episodes or something. It's also interesting that, I mean, you said the Osbournes came first, which makes total sense. I mean, but it couldn't be different, more different subjects. Correct. Right. But it, it, like the format has now been established. Like, did you find that people were using the tools from the Osbournes to like, did it just work across the board? We certainly were using those tools yeah. <laughs> I mean, for, uh, you know, w- with, with Nick and Jessica, they were both performers. There weren't, you know, kids involved or anything like that. So it was a little bit easier. I think again, I was in post, but I think it was easier for them to produce conversations that would help set up a story that we had naturally shot um, in order to make the story full and make it make sense. Right. We were not there for 16 hours a day. We were there for, you know, however long they were there for, but, but they weren't, they weren't constantly filming morning, noon and night. Do you you think that's just because they like, now that they had realized what to do, like there's okay, just get these pieces. Now we don't need everything. Yeah. I think that a lot of it was, they were both performers. And so there was a, there was sort of a, a set like, Oh, well they're going to lead up to this, tour or whatever the song whatever whatever they were doing uh it was sort of a natural story as opposed to you know yeah and they were super young too i mean they were were basically very young they were six months into that marriage yeah i don't know why (laughs) they thought it was a good idea to let a camera crew in well i mean and that begets a bunch of other shows because then you had the carmen electra and dave navarro one right and uh, you know eventually bam's unholy like like oh, MT- God. <laughs> mtv was just like okay like boo, like n- another formula but no formula really did the osbournes again like it, yeah. it, it seemed to go more towards the couples and in different genres of music you yeah know? and they were you know at, at their core they were they were family comedies but uh, there was something about the osbournes that was very sitcom and very uh, there was a heart there that I think no one expected. Right, right. Well, speaking of a uh, heart, oh, God. Uh, <laughs> Girls Next Door. Oh God, yeah. <laughs> now, Girls Next Door was such a sensation, and I just watched all of it. Um, Are like, you okay? Uh, I, well, you know what's funny is we we we, all, we watched it all. And then, like a week later, Secrets of Playboy co- comes out, yeah. and we're like, "Oh fuck!" Yeah, you know. So, I mean, what was your your role in Girls Next Door? I was a, I was again mostly in post. I was the uh, supervising story producer, maybe or supervising producer. I don't know. I was I was the lead story guy. Okay. I guess. <laughs> no. I, I, so. Was that one, do, do you feel, I mean, because knowing what we know now about Playboy with how controlled the girls were and all that stuff, did that make it more difficult to kind of set things up and, and, and to film? Or did it kind of help that the, that you knew where it, the girls were going to be at what yeah, time? Yeah, it definitely helped in, in that case. They, uh, they were under, they were already under a microscope. And so the, the, the producer of that show, a guy named Kevin Burns, uh, was... Not to be confused with Ken Burns, which would be certainly a totally not, different show. Certainly not to be confused. <laughs> Ken Burns Ken did Burns. Girls Next Door. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Kevin Burns was a uh, a a person who knew how to make TV. He was very. I think that in anyone else's case, that show could have been really gross. Right, grosser than it maybe already was. Well, you know, it's it's really not. Uh, like like when you watch it now, I mean, like obviously, like the grossest part is watching all these girls having to kiss this like fucking crypt keeper, uh-huh. like open mouth, <laughs> like when whenever he chooses, you know, and also just like the amount of dog shit. Did you ever go to the mansion? I've been to the mansion a few times. Did yeah. it stink? Yes. 
<laughs> Can yeah. you describe like 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 what what like like expectation versus what you got? I mean, it it was musty because it had been there <laughs> forever. Uh, it smelled like my grandpa's house. I mean, it oh. was just it was not pleasant. Just like uh, grandpa's house smell, but in like a way bigger house, so way more smell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> more places for the smell to be. Oh God, yeah. It's funny. Like when you watch that show, like all the light switches are from like the seventies yeah. and stuff. And I'm like, oh, they're not like replacing anything. And no. I, I think that's what was so hard about selling it. Or it's like it had to be retrofitted. Yeah, like, and they couldn't do any work to the house unless he was out of town. He being half. Right. Uh, so he would go out of town like for two weeks a year. And they would tear everything up that they could and replace <laughs> everything that they could in those two weeks because he did not want to be disturbed so, outside of his. Yeah. Yeah. He was now a I man mean, of habit. Yeah. Well, yeah. For, <laughs> yeah. For sure. For worse and for worse. Now, when you're when you're getting those dailies back and you're seeing this, I mean, did any footage come in where you're like, "Ooh, this is like way darker than what we're trying to or or did or was <laughs> did they have an idea of how they were going to present themselves to the crew they we're we're going back in time and i blocked a lot of it out because sure. that was not a, it was not the best experience uh probably on set or in post uh but but basically the we sort of knew what the story was bef before the footage came in uh, you know, Hef was going to put them on the cover of the magazine. Like we knew all that stuff was coming. Um, and I'm sure, I don't know if you've heard the uh, Holly and Bridget have a podcast now. Yeah. And, and it's, they, they are getting into the darkness. Sure. The real darkness. Right. And I mean, the, the secrets of, of Playboy, I think that's what it was called was like, so rough. I yeah. mean, it's like 11 parts and like, oh, just yeah. when you think it can't get worse, it gets yeah. worse. You know, it's yeah. like, that's and the now, interesting And then thing. their podcast goes episode by episode and they're like, Here's what was going on with us yeah. while this was happening on camera. I mean, was, was there like, any oh, like whispers within the crew of like, you know, it's actually pretty fucked up there? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like what, what kinds of things? If you if you can remember like there was the stories you would hear. And the women have talked about this, so I uh, I'm not breaking any rules, uh probably. Uh but but the the there was an there was a sex night and the women were very upset the first time we were filming there on the sex night uh and uh, you know and we were like i, we, I don't want to laugh because it's like, well, I, like i know it's terrible but like the sex night yeah. like that sounds like something like like from like the 50s like yeah tonight, honey it's the sex i mean night. it was like thursday night or whatever it was and i don't know that like I, we didn't shoot any of it obviously but like the and, and the women are currently kind of talking about what was going on behind those doors and we didn't really know yeah uh, at, as, at the time but it's like what well, does everyone just like take like you know, take a break and just sit there I mean, looking at their watches, drinking coffee until they come out. Or... <laughs> I, I feel like we weren't even there after that, like yeah. on that, on that night. Right. Uh, <laughs> take the night off. Yeah. Boys. Yeah. They, but I know that like, there were a lot of, uh, a lot, there was a lot of discussion about Hef's, uh, you know, how he performed, uh, and what pills he needed to do. Sure. So, uh, which was, you know, super gross. Now, As you might imagine. Oh, I, I, absolutely. I mean, again, the things and it's and it's so interesting. Like we're seeing with with people like Hugh Hefner or Bill Cosby, when these you know full fledged 
really in-depth documentaries get made, they have to go all the way back, yeah. like so long. Yeah. And it, it like it just creates this in, insane picture. It's, it is this pattern of like grossness. Yeah. And, and, and it's and crazy with, that he even allowed to have the like allowed a show to be made. Yeah. Well, he was friends with Kevin Burns, and so I think he knew that Kevin was not going to go for that kind of story. Neither was E. I mean, no. they were not. They, yeah. they weren't interested. He was in that. still the king. I mean, he yeah. opener was. Yeah. Still, I mean, even Playboy like, was like still like an exciting brand, and and with Kevin Burns at the helm, same kind of thing. He he brought this camp to it that I think I think in anyone else's hands that show would have been disgusting, but it was it was campy. It was a cartoon. Yeah. I mean, and towards he, the end it did get gross, but that's because they had twins. Yeah. So I. I did the first season of Girls Next Door and I did the last season of Girls Next Door. Okay. For like a month. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's it's all you needed. I, I did not last very long in that final season. So like what what were the main differences like in what you were seeing? Like when you when you like it's fresh and it's a new thing versus like, okay, now it's new girls and yeah, it's a whole thing. Versus like, do, you, do you remember what you're feeling? Oh yeah. Like? So at the beginning, I mean, we were all very excited. I mean, uh uh especially at the start, before we kind of recognized what kind of hellishness the women were going through sure uh which is why i didn't last more than a season uh but and then going back for season six it was the twins first season and the the girl he wound up marrying whose yeah. name is i, 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 I don't remember yeah uh but but they were like trying to relaunch the series and i was uh on a break between real jobs so i was like oh okay like i'll come do this i guess because uh, they had they had money they really did. Like that production company had money. I don't know where they got it. Right. They they always paid me more because it was hazard pay. Right. Because uh, <laughs> that place was a uh, was a fucking nightmare. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, it, it seems like anything with Playboy involved. Like when you see footage of like the mansion, it's just like there's just paper stacked everywhere. Yeah. Like everything's gross. Like the only part, like the dirtiest part of the house, you would think would be like the pool, but that seemed to be the only place that got a little bit of care. Oh God, I went into the grotto once. No. Uh, we <laughs> they had the premiere of Girls Next Door there, and so we got to go and. I I stepped into the grotto. I didn't go into the water or anything, but I didn't have to because it just like it, it like attached itself to me. Oh, it was man. so awful. I remember like returning the shirt that I bought. <laughs> I was like, I'm never gonna be able to wear this again. Like oh, everything's man. disgusting. <laughs> yeah, it, it just gets so so gross. I mean that that to me was the, especially watching it now because you know when when it came out, I was like maybe in eighth grade, like freshman year of high school. And it was, Oh, this is fucking sick. Like, yeah, you got it so good. And when you watch it now, you're like, dude, my place is cleaner than that fucking yeah. place. Like, yeah. you know and what I mean? It smells better. I can, oh, I can you. tell you. Yeah. That. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it, it, it's crazy. Now uh, I, I want to move on from, from this, but Me too. <laughs> yeah. But uh, the, the last thing is one of the biggest things that we learned about the girls was that they had a curfew yep. and, and that they had to be watched. It did the, crews have to work around that or were they given any kind of leeway because they were being filmed no there was no leeway we i again i was in post but my understanding is that they uh, you know we were shooting them and they they couldn't be out late yeah uh, and so we had to cover that 
a lot of times. I mean, that was part of the show is that they had a curfew. Right. And, yeah. And have, but they was make it not seem like, like shy it's because it. it's like they're his, they're his girlfriends. Like, yeah. but it's actually like super it's fucking super dark. controlling. So weird. Yeah. And so gross. Fuck. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, not that it's going to get any better. It, you know, don't blame me for your body of work. <laughs> now, you know, <laughs> I can blame uh, someone. I'm certainly not going to take responsibility for it. Right. <laughs> so, uh, w- you worked on on the Heidi Fleiss prost- <laughs> <laughs> prostitutes to parents. I sure did. <laughs> now, can can you tell me a bit about a bit about that? Because if people don't know, is Heidi Fleiss. You know, she was known as the mistress to the stars. You know, she yeah. had kind of the most infamous black book uh, in the world. And when she got busted, in one of the biggest Hollywood scandals of all time. Yeah. And then she went to to the outskirts of Vegas. Pahrump. You know? Yeah, Pahrump, where uh, actually there's a a great. Um, uh, show about Perump's local news station that's on H- HBO Max. Oh, it, it is. T- yeah, they're just scraping up stories. Like they can't. <laughs> nothing happens out there except for the occasional Heidi Fleiss coming in to try and start like a, a brothel for females, like a stud ranch. Oh yeah, she called it. But she ends up caretaking for her neighbor uh, and all of her birds. I mean, what, what was the show or this document? Was it a show or a documentary? Uh, that is a great question. I yeah. think that it was a, it was initially a pilot for animal planet. Oh no. Uh, yeah. Uh, and they eventually just turned, they just gave just up. Just right in between and, Jeff Corwin and Crocodile yeah, Hunter. Exactly. Heidi they Flores. were like, yeah, here's an hour special. Oh my God. <laughs> now, did you have any contact with her? Like, I were, did. Were, were you on site? was, uh, they brought her to LA for the, for the interview portion of of the show and i was next to the the executive producer who would not let me speak to heidi (laughs) it was a (laughs) lot of a lot of crazy um but uh yeah i mean she's she was very smart heidi's place is super smart no she was an insanely successful businesswoman. yes and just an insane person also sure like uh but she was um super self-aware uh she ran a laundromat at the time oh wow yeah so she would like (laughs) I remember one of the one of the scenes we had, I don't know if it wound up in the final show, but but she would go into the laundromat and she would take all the quarters from the machines and bring them to like a casino oh to my God. like get cash money for them. Right. Like it was so weird. Wow. <laughs> like her life was so weird. I, you know, I, I worked for a, a place that was by a casino and, and the banks, you know, you had, it was a whole big to do to get changed. So we would just go change out of the casino. <laughs> it was way easier. So I, I feel around that. I mean, but what was the kind of object of the show? What was like the center p- piece of the show i think it know? was just you know she was just this again this icon that uh, what what is her everyday life like now and she was she had dozens of these parrots and she <laughs> knew all their names they all had different personalities to her uh you know and she was trying to hire like an assistant uh like like in all reality shows I yeah feel like. um and so she was just sort of like oh and she ran like a pet spa as well maybe got a lot of fingers and a lot of weird pies a lot of stuff going on with her uh it wasn't a very good show (laughs) (laughs) well yeah i did i i don't remember seeing no act one was great yeah i i I, I mean i definitely would have watched that shit heidi fleiss folks is 100 percent a culture dump but um (laughs) but yeah that that's just that's that's crazy now i I I don't know if it's still online but the the very the like cold open of the show is like super uh, it's beautifully cut by this guy named Craig Colton, who I've worked with many, many times. But he did this wonderful cinematic piece that I think shocked everyone that saw it. 
into submission. No, there, no one, no one ever gave a note on it. Everyone just left it alone. The rest of the show was like, you know, reality TV garbage. But sure. this thing was like this beautiful set piece. Wow. Of of her just just God. talking as as she drove through the desert. It I just love that it was going to be for Animal Planet. Yeah. Like yeah. Heidi flies an animal planet, yeah. does not like. Don't, don't know, <laughs> don't know. <laughs> so I'm gonna read you this description of another show that uh, that that you worked on because th- this description <laughs> okay. I- I've never heard of this show. Um, I it sounds amazing. Welcome to the wildest wiener stand this side of the Mississippi. When late night revelers on the north side of Chicago step into the wiener circle, they get more than a late night bite. They get a blast of sass from a food slinging crew that puts the cuss back in customer service. <laughs> wow. Yes. The wiener circle. The wiener circle. Now, did that make it to, it, to air? It did. It aired six episodes on True TV. Okay. And it was. Probably it was like one of my favorite shows, uh, to to I that I've ever worked on. Was it because uh, of the up, up folks or the or the <laughs> the free dogs? I'm hoping you got. It was. Uh, I was not out on set for that one either. But the uh the the concept was. Uh, I think there was like a This American Life about this hot dog stand. It's called the Wiener Circle, and it was uh basically, uh you would go in and get kind of yelled at. <laughs> It's so funny when people like 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 that. Yeah. Like you would just get screamed at, harassed uh, by the, by the staff who was, they were so fucking funny. Like it was just unbelievable. And they, uh, the, the producers built this, this sort of game show around it. Cause, cause most of their clientele was drunk. It was like after 2 a.m., Bars would close. The place would get flooded with drunkies. Right. And so they just set up a bunch of cameras in there. It's It was a space probably not much bigger than this apartment. And just they would do little quizzes. They would be like, you're drunk. Can you count backwards from 100? And if you do, you get a free hot dog. I mean, that was like <laughs> – or, or maybe a soda or a T-shirt. Like, right. it, like these were not high-stakes games. But they were really drunk, really fun just silliness and we got to have a ton of fun and post on it and true tv just did not understand this show at all yeah <laughs> they were just like well what are the stakes and what's going on what and are like no, everyone's drunk there are no stakes like yeah. <laughs> they're competing for some fries like yeah. everybody calm down well it's so funny because like i mean my favorite reality show of all time is small town security oh it's so good okay that first episode is the greatest thing i've ever seen honestly it is it's such a shame that it's not recognized more. I mean, with just all like, it, it's so funny like to think about it in such a serious way. But like that show was making strides, dude. Yeah, you know, like, and and it was one of those things where they took the time clearly to shoot the shit out of that place. Yeah, and took the time to put that together. And you can see we sort of had the same problem in season one of the Osbournes, where Kelly's hair was just always crazy in different <laughs> colors. The, the guy's hair just like cha- like his, Every his shot. toupee or whatever it was yeah. like that he was doing. I, I like, always say that he his style and his hair, it reminds me of Robert De Niro in Casino, but just like the lowest level where every shot is different. Casino, yeah. yeah, but it's like fucking like <laughs> completely different. I'm so glad that you know oh, about it. People love that show but, like, so much. To me, it's like I mean, and that show got three seasons, so it's like yeah. when I hear that like some like a 
producers are like, oh, or an executive's like, oh, well, what are the stakes? It's like, I mean, fucking that show got three seasons. Well, yeah. What was going on there? Yeah, you what know? was going on there? Except for sometimes they got taken by aliens, I think, at the end. I don't remember. Yeah, yeah. There, there's a, <laughs> dude, my buddy fucking cried at that. Like, he got he like, got teared up. He's like, dude, he's like, and you know what? He's like, two years later, I watched the whole show again, teared up again. Goddamn. Yeah. <laughs> I got to rewatch that show. That first episode, I wept. I was just like, I can't believe... First of all, it was so good. And second of all, I was just mad that I would never work on something as good as that. Yeah. <laughs> like... You know, my, my, my co-host Parks, he uh, he lives in Georgia and he took a road trip out to Ringgold and went to their abandoned building. <laughs> oh, no, it's abandoned. Oh, yeah. yeah. But, it, but the signs are still there, but they're like hanging off oh, by a no. nail and stuff. And he had to stop it in an ice cream place and was like, do you know where the JJK security <laughs> building is? And they're like, yes, but they haven't been in business forever. Oh, what a bummer. But uh, yeah, so it, it's just funny. Like, you never know what's going to hold the weight yeah. i guess in, i think one of the world. guys from the osbournes i saw his name as an editor on that final episode oh wow of small town and i reached out to him i was like dude yeah <laughs> yeah it's it's that is one of my fa- we've tried so hard to find anyone in that show like krista we the office gal we <laughs> found her instagram which hasn't been updated in like seven years so oh, like, oh god. god damn it and like you know dennis star it's like <laughs> oh, god. that guy he doesn't want to be found you know what I mean? yeah <laughs> so don't blame him that oh man i'm just like thinking back to that first episode episode and the, and the animation that like it was oh just my god unlike yeah. anything. i learned to love them yeah oh, dude it's, god, it was so good yeah it, it, it's it's the greatest and like we'll show anyone that will sit down long enough to watch it because once you watch the first episode you're in it yeah. now like there's no way to not be yeah it, it, it's amazing but uh getting getting back to the matter at hand uh I, 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 there's a couple more things here <laughs> now candidly nicole Yes. Okay. Nicole Richie. Love Nicole Richie. Now, yeah. Oh, an icon. Now, she kind of came up in the same era as like the Osbournes with the Simple Life. Yes. She was and, like the Paris Hilton like sidekick. Right. Yeah. But I mean, she had her own. Like, I remember uh, uh, her catchphrase was "Do you love it?" Like, yeah. and, like all that. Like, yeah. she had her own thing going, and they took totally different paths. Obviously, Paris Hilton is is the icon, but Nicole Richie is like the George Harrison. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like she is quality. Yeah, like Nicole Richie is quality and so funny. Yeah, and but, does not get enough credit. Yeah, I mean, like what when when she was doing that show, that was years after Simple Life. Yeah. I mean, what, what was kind of the air around her? Was was there any kind of was it was, was she given a show because she was just so genuinely like awesome, or was there an, an aspect of like we want to laugh at you the same way we did in Simple? No, Life? it was basically it was that that show was for VH1 and it had come out of uh, World of Wonder who had been doing a, a short version of that show uh, uh, for AOL, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> so they did. They would do like four or five minute like segments with her. And VH1 wanted to turn it into uh, like a real half hour show. Uh, so they brought uh, a producer named Carrie Franklin in, who was, is uh, just, just a genius. And she crafted this show around Nicole to make it be a half hour sort of sitcom-y uh, uh, hybrid of scripted and reality. Like yeah, I was... mean, that's when reality TV is like really kind of honed in as its own genre yeah. now. We know what it is, how yeah. to do it. And now we're going to satirize it, yeah. basically. I mean, do, do you find that it was kind of more... Did you have more fun working on those kinds of shows back when no one knew what they were putting together or once it was a well-oiled machine oh that's a good question i feel like 
shows like the Osbournes and Newlyweds were are really dear to my heart because they are they were so like raw and real and like there there's a loveliness to that right uh and then there's shows like Bam's Unholy Union that you mentioned <laughs> which was super gross and not great yeah uh Girls Next Door kind of gross not great um but then you get to you know Candidly Nicole and then the the her quibby follow-up uh, right right uh, uh, Nikki Fresh which was they were both so much fun to do because you could play with the format a bit and and she was so t- she is so talented that uh you know she can pull off you know doing lines and and, yeah. and like pulling off jokes and she would she'd be awesome at just kind of reading the script and being like nope nope okay that's funny nope nope like and it was just like a party basically. yeah you know what's interesting is like paris hilton you know now when she does interviews she stresses very much so that like hey i was doing like a character you yeah. know like where I, I changed my voice like i'm not that stupid like yeah. I, I went through a bunch of shit there was darkness behind like the dope the you know dopey eyes and all that stuff yeah. but nicole richie kind of always struck me as like that really was her back then and that is her now do you do, is there like I, a kind of on camera off camera persona thing with her she is uh she's way smarter than she was on the simple life <laughs> sure <laughs> uh and and in these uh, like candidly Nicole and Nikki Fresh, she's playing a character for sure, but the character is, you know, quote unquote, based on her. Right, uh, right. But you know, she you don't see her family in it. You don't see, you know what I mean. You see like Lionel Richie in it. Yeah, like that was always weird too. Is like <laughs> like that was her big like her you know claim to fame. I guess originally was Lionel Richie's daughter, but he was yeah. like so far out of the picture. Yeah, you know, it, it's like yeah, she just she just carried it. Now winding down here uh what happened the the britney murphy oh yeah very very heavy stuff here this is a bummer yes yeah um what did happen unclear you know we 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 tried to get some people that knew her best and and some of them did want to talk some of them would not come on camera with us uh but basically she the story was sort of the same whether or not we spoke to people uh on camera or not but but basically it, it was the husband who he, he didn't kill her right. but he didn't help her yeah you know he he isolated her from everyone uh took her away from her friends and her family uh it was just her and her mom with him uh and he was a shyster uh, yeah, I mean, what was it? Where did he come from? What was his background? Was, I, I watched this, but I watched it when it came out, so it's 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 been a while. Yeah, he was basically a scam artist, and and he was apparently, by all accounts, very charming and could and could just talk you into anything. Uh, don't know how. Looking at him, you would think that that maybe wouldn't be the case, but yeah, yeah. Somehow he was able to just weave these lies, and and get people to fall for his bullshit and it kind of plays up like Brittany Murphy's kind of like angelic like reputation too. Cause she has like this sweetheart thing and yeah. like, you know, obviously gone too soon aspect, but like a very kind of naivete like yeah. deal. And I feel like he, like the finding out how much she was manipulated by him really brings that characteristic of her out even more. Yeah. And it was a shame cause they, her friends had a sort of, uh, 
an intervention basically and he was there Ugh. uh and they were like this guy's a piece of shit and here's all these things that we have figured out that he's been lying about and and she was just like no i believe him Ugh. and it was and that was the end basically yeah so when she did get sick um he didn't get her medical help until it was too late yeah it reminds me of like gene harlow even yeah who, like you know whose mother didn't you know get her yeah. medical treatment when it could have been as easy as like a one day overnight yeah. hospital stay you know now we lose this icon yeah you know? and then the the you know the weirdest part is that he died kind of of the same thing not too not too long after her yeah it, well you know i can't say i'm like bummed to know that he's no. not around but like <laughs> you know? i kind of wish that he had been first sort of <laughs> first or stayed around to, to sort of face the consequences of what he had done sure or didn't do as the case may be yeah i, I mean that that one was that one was a, a real real shocker you yeah. know i mean when you think about hollywood scandals like i'm obsessed with obviously like hollywood scandals and hollywood yeah. babylon and all that yeah. stuff and that story to me really stands out as something you would have heard about in the 30s or 40s yeah you know it, it's it really really it was really that. a shame because everyone just loved her so much and she just you know fell in with the wrong guy yeah yeah well um way to bum us all out right yeah well let, let, let's bring it back up here so show is the name of the the, the new is it going to be show gals it's going to be show gals working title show gals <laughs> and, and then and the name of the troop is tight and nerdy tight and nerdy so yes. folks make sure if uh you know, you're, you're into Weird Al or Burlesque and both uh, that you check out Tight and Nerdy and keep your eye out for show gals. Please do. Yeah. Jeff, thank you for coming on Culture Dumps today. Thank it you has for been having me. Awesome. You are a wealth of <laughs> dump related knowledge. <laughs> and I'm sure you didn't even know it. <laughs> I, I kind of knew it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll, we'll be in contact, I'm sure. <laughs> Sounds like a plan. And uh, we'll talk soon. Well, there you have it. What What a... Nice collection of tales there. I knew, by the way, I just, I, the biggest question that I wanted to ask was, did the Playboy Mansion stink? And I'm glad that I got the exact answer I wanted to hear without leading the witness, uh, so to speak. Well, folks, make sure you, you do check out Show Gals and, uh, you know, keep your eye out for that. Also, you know, tight and nerdy, keep your eye out for any performances that might be coming your way from that troupe. Sounds like a whole lot of fun. For exclusive episodes of Culture Dumps and Podcast 99, make sure you sign up to our Patreon at patreon.com slash culture dumps. Follow us on Instagram at culture dumps. Send us an email if you would like at culture dumps at gmail.com. I'm Ryan Lichten. You've been listening to Culture Dumps, the special episode with Jeff Nacera. Keep on dumping. <laughs>